welcome to Hot Weekly. Hello, everyone. I'm Jonathan. I'm Crystal. And this is Haunt Weekly, a weekly podcast for the attraction entertainment community. Whether you're an actor, owner, or just plain aficionado, we aim to be a podcast for you. And we come to you this week, damn near peak exhaustion. Yeah, that's usual for this time of year. Yeah. I think we are run down, worn down, mm-hmm. and we still have a fair amount to do. We'll discuss in more detail in a minute, but... Yeah, it's been a very, very busy, very hectic season for us, and we're looking forward to finally being able to open and enjoy it. Yeah, and then get a day of rest before Halloween. A couple days of rest, yeah, we get Sunday and Monday, theoretically. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, But on that note, definitely do take a minute and check out other places we exist. We're at HauntWeekly.com, HauntWeekly on Twitter, Facebook.com slash HauntWeekly, YouTube.com slash HauntWeekly. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from. Please check us out and pay special attention to that Facebook page, as hopefully after season, we'll be making announcements of some live recordings we've been planning and wanting to do for a while, but have not had the bandwidth for. Yeah. So hopefully there's some things coming along for there. Well, I say this week, we just skip straight to the question of the week. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, because we've got a lot of news to get through. Yes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I forgot. It's episode 412, divisible by four, means it's time to do... The news. news. There's so much news, though, we can't even do that gimmick properly. No. no. So anyways, every week we do ask a question of the week, and last week's question of the week was, how was your season going so far? A question I realized I may have been self-fulfilling, because <laughs> no one's going to come on Hunt Weekly and talk about how shit their season's been. Yeah. But anyways, Chris Gay said he had the busiest opening night ever, Friday the 13th, but then had two rainouts with possibility of another. Luckily, their rain insurance has been kicking in just fine. Mm-hmm. Um, Stage Fright said opening weekend was okay. Always hoping for bigger numbers, but second night was bigger, though slower. Though usually slower, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Seventh Gate Haunted House said, much bigger than anticipated, which does not help because I have no idea what you anticipated. No. But anyways, I'm glad to hear it was beating your expectations. And like I said, realizing this was a self-fulfilling question, pretty much everyone said it was going well. Mm-hmm. The only issue I saw a lot of was people talking about rain like Chris Gay. Apparently there's been a lot of wet weather in other parts of the country. Not the fuck here. No. Here we've got fires on two sides of us now. Yeah. <laughs> and Oh, it's two sides, yeah. not just below, not just on the feet now. Yeah. Yeah, now it's in New Orleans East. Yeah, we are under a red flag burn ban super. We really mean it this time, guys. Burn burn ban. Yeah, whenever <laughs> the uh, wind shifts, we get all that smoke. Yeah, we actually had to shut down haunt work for a bit on Sunday because you couldn't breathe. You couldn't yeah. open your eyes. I mean, it smells and feels like a tire fire. Like, and that's because it's rubbery plants burning. Yeah. It's a very similar material, and it gets in your eyes. It stings like a bitch. Yeah. And to drop off one of our new actors, he only lives, you know, three, four minutes away tops. Mm-hmm. Uh, but between driving there and driving back, my eyes were red, and I could barely see out of them. Because even though I was in the fucking car mm-hmm. with the recycle on, mm-hmm. I got so much of that smoke I was hurting. So, yeah, that really, really sucked. Yes. Um, but, yeah. So, can any of y'all that are complaining about rain send some our way? Maybe not 
until after Halloween, but like soon. Yeah. Or just before before like Friday. Yeah. If we could get her before Friday, like Amazon Prime some rain to us, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's enough to put out the fires. <laughs> well, anyways, this week's question of the week is quite a simple one. What do you feel has been most different about this year, this mm-hmm. haunt season? Um, I don't know. Because we haven't been open yet. What I've been hearing is that there's been a lot of problems with rude customers. Yeah, that's what I've been seeing, too. Yeah, like a lot of problems, um, uh, including locally. Now, we're kind of insulated from that, typically. Being a free home haunt, we typically don't really have to deal with it that much. Mm-hmm. But I'm still a little worried about that, especially as someone who works front of house, and especially as someone who works front of house that'll be in a new mask and slightly new setup this time around. Well, and we won't have our adult present. Yeah, not for two nights. Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm really hoping we don't have problems mm-hmm. like that. We historically have not. The crowd has been very good, fun-loving. Everyone's there for a good time. I'm not saying we haven't had any problem customers. We've had a few, but not like a problem with problem customers, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's always been a couple of jackasses a, a season at most. Um, so, anyways, that's what I'm hoping. Well, on that note, it is also an even number episode. Even number episodes, we do conference reminders. So what the fuck are these people going to do when season's over? Crystal, why don't you let them know what they can do? Well, November 10th through the 11th, they can do the Legendary Haunt Tour in Salem, Massachusetts. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They'll be visiting Haunted Overload, Fright Kingdom, Barrett's Haunted Mansion, Legendary Haunt Tour with two Ts. All right. Well, Creep It Real Festive, if you're wanting to make that transition into the holiday season. Why you'd want to do that, I don't know. Um, But that is November 17th and the 18th in Santa Ana, California, at the Heritage Museum of OC. Uh, You can learn more at creepitrealoc.com. Halloween and Party Expo will be happening January 23rd through the 25th in Las Vegas, Nevada, at the Mirage. The Mirage. Hundreds of vendors must be qualified business to attend, not open to the public. Um, HalloweenPartyExpo.com for more info. All right. And finally, February 9th through the 11th, it's HauntCon 2024 in Daytona Beach, Florida. An interesting choice of locale. It'll be at the Hilton Daytona Beach Oceanfront. There'll be a costume ball, a dinner and a show. My favorite kind of dinner, technically. Huh. Um, and plus a 3000 hot cash giveaway. Hotcon.com for more details. All right. So, we have a fuck ton of news. Yeah. We have news coming out of places we shouldn't have places. Yeah, we actually cut a lot of stories. And we have some, like, stuffed at the end where if we're, like, way short on time or something, I don't see how the fuck that's going to happen. No. Uh, but if it does happen, we can delve into some of those. But yeah, but we do want to really quickly touch on a couple of things. Mm-hmm. First is, we did make visits to some area haunts, uh, Decomposed, run by our friend John Farrell, mm-hmm. visited there, and we visited Haunting on the Bayou, both of these haunts um, having their second year yes. this year, uh, second year of pro haunt on the Bayou. Well, they've right. both have been homeowners for some time before. Right. But the first, their second year's pro honors. Uh, definitely have a lot to talk about there. We're hoping to catch Rise. Unfortunately, it looks like Rise is going to have to wait till after season. We may make it that Sunday. Yeah. Um, the between the when we're between if when, they're open. If they're, I think they're open. But if they're if they're not, we'll we'll be going to flashlight nights. And I hate going on flashlight nights. But this season's been brutal. 
Yeah. I'm just not going to even try to, to couch that. No. Also, um, do want to say that Reckless Ben, we talked about him a couple of podcasts ago, um, doing his expose on McCamey Manor, brilliant mm-hmm. fashion, I might add, mm-hmm. um, has released his much-anticipated new video. It came out um, earlier this week. We're not going to talk about it here. We don't really have time. I know, I feel pretty confident we'll be talking about it soon. Yeah. I, if not next episode, the one after. Because mm-hmm. I don't know when we're going to talk about our season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the, the order of the next few episodes because it's kind of confusing because we have an episode literally in the middle of our season. Because mm-hmm. that Monday before Halloween is Monday the thirtieth is technically our next episode, so that's going to be interesting. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll see what we feel like then, but definitely we'll talk about it. Some is an hour long masterpiece. I've got the link in the show notes. Um, and speaking of which, just a heads up, this episode is being recorded like about 15 minutes before it goes public. Yeah. Literally. I did the unusual step of pre-preparing all the show notes and everything for it so that when we're done talking, quickly edit it, upload it, and get back out in the hall and do some work. Exactly. Because we have a laundry list of small things that have to be done. Yeah, we're at the point of the year where we have plenty of time. Mm-hmm. Time isn't really the issue. It's just, it's overwhelming because we have all these small things that need to be done, Mm -hmm. none of which are particularly um, dangerous or bad for us. All right. Well, anyways, as we said before, it's episode 412, but it's time to do the the news. news. And we're starting off, as we usually do, with some heavier stories. Mm -hmm. Now, I promised to end it with something fun and light, if you let let me get there. But we do have a, a handful of serious, a lot of serious stories, actually. I'm just going to go. Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> so, anyways, the first one, scare USA owner charged with sex, sexual assault of a child. Uh, this is an article on Yahoo News. It's from the Manitowoc Herald Times by Alice M. Schaefer. But basically, the police arrested John S. Schwartz, Jr., the owner of Scare USA in Two Rivers, Wisconsin, for alleged repeated sexual assault of a minor. Um, the victim is the one who filed the complaint, uh, said that they were sexually assaulted repeatedly since they started volunteering the haunt in 2016. Includes multiple allegations of sexual assault, many of which took place at the haunt itself, and others took place at these really, really creepy-sounding sleepovers. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely, I guess, trigger-slash-content warning on the article we're going to, because uh, it goes into more detail than we're going into here, mm-hmm. but basically he's being held on a $50,000 bond. If convicted, he faces up to 40 years in prison and 100000 in fines. Scare USA has been closed following the arrest, citing, quote-unquote, unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. If this story sounds mm-hmm. familiar, mm-hmm. Uh, you're probably remembering the Bloodshed Brothers saga from not that long ago. Yeah. And well, yeah, apparently the ongoing Bloodshed Brothers saga. Well, and there's... Unfortunately, there's a few of these stories every, you know, year now. Yeah, well... What's been frustrating... What was frustrating with this one, and also the Bloodshed Brothers, is that this wasn't some random actor. No. This wasn't a customer that showed up and did things they shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. This wasn't some random actor that wasn't vetted properly or wasn't being monitored correctly. This was the owner misusing their authority and their position to gain that access, to gain that trust. Right. And, you know, there's nothing that 
Like, we can say all the, the, the smart people things of, hey, background check all your volunteers slash employees. At the very least, check the sex offender registry. That's free. Mm-hmm. You know, you can do that in just a few seconds of your time. Um, do all those things. But, yeah, it doesn't help when it's the owner. No. No, it and doesn't. It's a sad story. And in addition to my heart going out to the victim... My heart also goes out to the other haunters at Scare USA, mm-hmm. who, by most accounts, it seems it sounds like from this article there wasn't a lot of indications of what was going on. Yeah, it doesn't sound like there was much, so they probably were as blindsided as anyone, and now they have to wrangle with all the fallout from that, both internally and externally. Yeah, that's it, it's it's rough. Yeah. This is just a bad situation all around. I, I, I so I don't know. It, it sucks, but as we'll see in a second, it's not the only somewhat only story that's similar to this. No, nice segue that I just ruined. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. The next, <laughs> no, no, the next story. No, I don't think you can ruin that segue. That segue was shit because of the topic. <laughs> sorry. Anyway. The next story comes from WBBJ and is written by Garrett Evans. Um, Haunted House raised concerns after an arrest was made on the property. Philip Plunk was arrested for violating the terms of the sex offender registry for being at Hillside um, Haunted House. Yeah, Hillside Haunted Attraction. Yeah. He's the partial owner of the property. So the thing is, is that his son runs the haunted house um he yeah hillside terror sorry was the name hillside of the terror thank you um yeah his son runs the haunted house uh this is the dad who was arrested and the sister also owned the property so it's family-owned property mm-hmm. um he the dad's truck who is the the offender um broke down somewhere nearby yeah and he went to the haunt. Um, and, but did not see his son. <laughs> no. Because uh, Clint, the son, said he didn't actually know he was there. <laughs> right. Had no idea he was even there. Yeah. So it, it's uh, it's an odd story. and um, But, yeah, this was... So the court date for that is set for October 24th. It, it doesn't Tomorrow. sound like anyone knew was victimized in this. Right. It doesn't sound like anything actually happened, but, yeah, as someone on the sex offender registry, he was not supposed to be at a haunted attraction, which attracts a lot of kids. Yes. Um, And he was there when he was not supposed to be, mm-hmm. and he was there unbeknownst to his son and the others who operate that haunt, apparently. Yeah. Um, so, you know, God damn. You know, yeah, I'm sure if there are updates, we will report on them in the future. Yeah, this one's confusing. Like I said, we've read multiple articles on this one. Yeah. And it's kind of confusing because other than like his truck broke down and he was on the property when the haunt was open, mm-hmm. doesn't really sound like anything happened. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he still shouldn't have done that. Right. And it, it said that he knew that he shouldn't be there. Yeah. You know. Anyway, it, it's a weird story, but... It definitely deserves it and needs a mention. Mm-hmm. Well, in other sad news, we turn our attention back to Wisconsin. This is an 
article by at WBAY, another one by them, I believe. No, okay. Uh, but this one is a man known for iconic holiday displays dies falling off ladder while decorating home. Uh, Jeff Oman of Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, died after falling off a ladder while decorating his home. He became very well known for his huge holiday displays. He apparently did both Halloween and Christmas in a big, big way. Mm -hmm. Was well loved by his neighborhood and by his, everyone around him, um, but was killed in a tragic accident. Um, that's really all there is to the story. Yeah. But definitely um, just, I, I guess, you know, take this as a reminder that there are real risks in this. Mm -hmm. And to be safe. Yeah. I'm not saying he did anything unsafe or whatever, but just you know, realize that people do get hurt seriously doing this. And so please be cognizant of that. Yeah. They're, they're, you only got one body and one life, and you've got a lot of loved ones. So... Yeah, take care of them both. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. Continuing with the sad news, um, from ABC7 in Chicago, uh, <coughs> Halloween decorations are being set on fire by what is suspected as a serial arsonist. Um, the latest one was in Lincoln Square. It was caught on a ring doorbell. Doorbell. Yeah. Um. And it was one of eight that's been set in the area. Yeah, um, this is kind of weird. I actually watched the video for mm -hmm. this one. And it, it seems like whoever this is is not hitting, like, every house and every display. Right. Like, there was, they interviewed one guy. He actually had a fairly big, had a very small yard. Mm -hmm. Before this, the yard he had, he had a very big, bright display. Mm -hmm. And he'd been untouched. But other houses with smaller decorations had been hit. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just fucked up. Yeah. Um, this goes, and the thing is, this goes well beyond just simple vandalism. Because when you're burning decorations, you're risking burning people's houses down. Right, and injuring someone. <laughs> Luckily, no one's been injured yet. Um, and the man has reportedly been captured on video, um, but nobody's been able to find out who it was from the videos that they have. No. And, and... You know, it's one that we think that, oh, yeah, we've got all this ring doorbell footage. We've got all the security camera footage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that the main thing, and this is something I actually learned from talking with the police when we would go to the police meetings, mm -hmm. is the police actually do really appreciate those cameras. But the main thing they tell the police is not who did it, but when something happened and what specifically happened. Right. Because even... With very, very good cameras, you can all, not always tell who did it, especially if they're covering their head and their face and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But you do know they pulled up at 3.30 a.m. and they did X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And that does help the police in the investigation. But, yeah, it, it's, it's rare for the police to go, oh, yeah, that's, you know, Jim Bob on the video or whatever and be able to make an arrest. Yeah. So definitely have the security camera footage, especially in your haunt, if you have a haunted house, mm -hmm. because, A, you need to know what happened. And even if it's not a criminal issue, it could just be a safety issue. It could be a this room isn't working issue. Mm -hmm. Having the security camera footage is invaluable mm -hmm. in addressing those. So please remember to have your security camera footage, but also don't expect it to be a magic bullet if something does happen, if something is stolen or something is broken. You know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. not a magic bullet for that. It, it helps. It is a layer to security, but it is not everything. And honestly, I just, like I said, this one really upsets me more than anything else. As I sit here 
in, in this one. Not more than anything else in this episode. That's a gross exaggeration. Yeah. That's a, <laughs> but but more than like most vandalisms is what I meant to say. Yeah. Because, like I said, this isn't just burning someone's decorations. These are decorations. This neighborhood. These are up against people's houses. Yeah, these are tiny front yards like we had when we started. And and like one of the houses that had their decorations in a fire. They their front door got burned up or damaged mm-hmm. to the point they had to board up their front door. Yeah. To give you an example of what we're talking about here, that could have taken down the whole house. That could have taken down possibly multiple houses because these houses are also very close together in this neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, you're really putting people's lives at risk and burning and risking burning far more than just a couple of Halloween decorations. Yeah. It's it's absolutely batshit insane and I hope they catch the guy. I hope he faces adequate justice. Mm-hmm. Speaking of, <laughs> of of vandals, at least this one didn't set fire to shit. I mean, I, no. I'll take my wins as I can get them. But this is an article by the in the New York Post in conjunction with the news.com.au. Um, the headline reads: Police, uh, p- police, p- priest slammed for destroying child's quote unquote satanic pumpkin decorations. Yeah. Uh, this took place in a village in the Czech Republic whose name I cannot pronounce and did not even put in the notes because I did not want to attempt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, the priest uh, smashed a collection of jack-o'-lanterns meant to celebrate Halloween, and then the family went out and recarved all the pumpkins, only to find them smashed again the next night. Um, the, the priest was, now I'm going to attempt this and I'm going to fucking fail. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father... Jeremir Schmeckel, Schmeckel, That's close. I'm going to get, uh, but he calls Halloween a quote unquote satanic feast, though he apologized yeah. on Facebook for saying he wouldn't have destroyed them if he known they were carved by children. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck the horse you fucking rode in on. Fuck everything. You wouldn't have smashed them if you had known they were done by children. Well, even if they weren't carved by children, they were for children. Yeah. I mean... Then these were... I mean, definitely take a moment and check out the uh, link in the show notes. All the links are in the show notes, by the way. Yeah. We, we do our best to attribute all of our sources. Um, but... Yeah, this is where we saw it first, but you can just Google, you know... Pre-smashing pumpkins. Sl- yeah. And you'll not get Billy Corgan. No, you, you won't. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's like... These are the most cutesy, wootsy, innocent jack-o'-lantern car- pumpkin carvings yes. I can fathom. They, they are they are literally a zero on the scare scale. Yeah, they're they're, they're not m- scary. They're just silly little jack-o'-lanterns. They're, they're more funny than anything. They don't have horns. They're not painted demonically or anything like that. This guy is just stupid. Yeah, <laughs> and... And once again, I would like to remind everyone that the art version we linked to, the most place where we saw it originally, New York Post, not reading the comments is self-care, y'all. Yep. Do not read the comments. <laughs> I made the mistake of scrolling a little bit too far as I was writing this up, and mm-hmm. I still regret that shit. I did that a couple days ago now. Yeah. So, yeah, just uh, be careful with that. But, Jesus, man, fuck this guy. I wouldn't have done it if I'd known they were by kids. You knew there had to be at least a good chance they were. Yeah. Because that's who does it. It's like, like saying, oh, I wouldn't have smashed those Easter eggs if I had known they'd been painted by kids. Well, and it looks like it was a whole village of kids that carved them together. You know, it wasn't... How are you in a small village and a part of it and not know that this happened? You know? 
Not you know, all. maybe this I village just doesn't have anything to do with this asshole because this, pro- this isn't. Maybe it's not his first act of pure assholery. Maybe. Because it wouldn't the, surprise in me. In small villages, that can happen. When they go, oh, no, yeah, we don't, we don't talk with him because he's a fucking asshole. And they'll, like, gently exclu- ostracize him from everything. Well, maybe. Or not so gently in some cases. Yeah. We Anyways, don't know. moving on. Um, <coughs> right. So, Shadow's Edge in Ho- Omaha, Nebraska, and this article is by Mackenzie Parsons at KETV, was hit by a car... Um, in a shopping center that's the scene of burnouts and drag races. And they have video of the car losing control, smashing into the side of Shadow's Edge. Uh, the haunt closed for for the hours night, yeah. for the night. Um, it wasn't open. No, it was. It, this was like super yeah. late at night. Yeah. When I say late at night, I'm not talking like haunt hours no. late at night. I'm talking like 2 to 3 a.m. at night here. Yeah. I mean, haunters are still like, Recovering from haunt. We're the, but, we, we may be up, but we're not actively running the haunt at that right. time. We're not open. Um, yeah, so the, the haunt closed for a few extra hours because of the damage that was done to the facade and the front of the building. This is also Shadow's Edge's last season. Um, but they did do a quick rebuild and were able to open the next yeah, Friday. They, go ahead, sorry. Um, yeah. This this one also frustrates me a lot. Yeah, because uh, apparently the 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 haunt is like in this like shopping center with the park, the big central parking lot, and like you said, they do drag races and burnouts. And I, you know what, I'm not into that shit personally. Mm-hmm. But also, as long as you're not interrupting, like doing damage or interrupting people's sleep or harming others in some way, I don't really give a shit either. Um, but yeah, the guy lost control of his car while doing some kind of stunt and. It looked like he fucking accelerated into it. Like, maybe he hit the brake and gas instead of the brake or something. Yeah. And went right into the facade and then just drove off. Yeah. No, hit, totally hit and run to this place. And they were able to rebuild. But it was a very nice facade. They had a, a nice, like, um, it looked like a Cajun cottage or a swamp cottage facade with a little uh, porch. Yeah, it looked uh, like a dilapidated building that wasn't actually until the car hit it. Yeah, and that's the funny thing is because the, the the car pierced the facade. It looked more modern after the accident than before, which you know that's how that's how you damage a haunt, I guess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they were able to really bust ass and get open again, and basically they didn't miss any open time because this happened after they closed for the weekend. Yeah. And they so they had basically the whole week to do the rebuild, and it was some, I know it was a lot of fucking work. Yeah. But I'm glad they were able to pull it off and get out there, and I really do hope they catch that driver because people who hit and run, even on just property damage, shit really pisses me off. We have a problem with that in New Orleans right now because mm-hmm. we have so many uninsured drivers mm-hmm. that if you get into a car accident, there's zero guarantee the other person's actually sticking around for it. Yeah. If they can drive off, it's a, it's a real problem we have in here. It just angers me because that's it's complete irresponsibility. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, good luck, Shadow's Edge, for the rest of your season. Hope that is the absolute worst thing that happens. <laughs> yes, and that you get to go out with the bang that you want and so the one you not got. Not the bang through the front door. <laughs> All right. Okay, this asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this asshole. I'm pulling the full pendulum lead here. Mm-hmm. All right, the article headline reads, West Bottoms Paranormal Attraction Shut Down by Kansas City Fire Department. This is an article by Jackson Kurtz at KMBC. 
Um, in Kansas City, Missouri, which I still find fucking confusing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Blossom Haunted House, um, Haunted Hotel. Blossom, no, Blossom House Haunted Hotel. Motherfuck that rolls off the tongue like a bunch of sockets. Yeah. Um, has been ordered to close immediately due to the local fire marshal apparently having a coronary upon examining the building. Yeah, but wait a minute. It's named Haunted House, but you said it was a paranormal attraction. I we've read multiple articles trying to figure out what the fuck this was, and you know as well as I do, we are no close to that answer. Because basically, the dude said in one of the interviews, "We don't have actors here." Most people are like, "What do you mean?" And I'm like, "Well, we have real ghosts." Yeah, and that's uh-huh. Paul, who I'm not making this the fuck up. His actual description of what he does in the article, click it yourself, is. Who helps run the business. Yes. Theoretically, that time I brought glasses back to the bar at J&K last weekend, <laughs> I think that means I help run J&K now by the same metric. Yeah. Well, and, you know, they also don't give Paul's last name. No. They don't give any information about this guy. Uh, but basically, they had a, what looked to be a five-story building mm-hmm. that is in serious dilapidation. Yeah. And they apparently are actually working on it. Trying to fix it up, but they were opening it as some kind of bizarre haunted attraction. And when the fire inspector came out to check it out, uh, just threw his toys all completely out of the pram and <laughs> and basically wanted nothing to do with this. But basically issued a uh, emergency order to vacate. Yeah. And a stop work order at the same time. And Paul was very indignant about this. Yeah. Saying this is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that we we have we put signs up to tell people where they can and cannot stand. Yeah, exactly. So you're in a dilapidated building in an active construction zone, and you have customers going through. Yeah, that in a dark sound, place. Yeah, that doesn't sound safe at all. <laughs> Never rely on customers reading your signs for their safety. No. No, you have to make stuff safe. You can't yeah. rely on customers. Even if, if we know that in our, our little home haunt, mm-hmm. then I think that should be something a you know supposedly five story mm-hmm. paranormal experience should have figured out. <laughs> yeah, you would think so. Yeah, this this is just, I just this, oh my god, it's such a huge advocate for haunt safety. This story just makes drives me right up the wall. Mm-hmm. All right, but moving on. All right. Local Area 13 Haunted Attraction was shut down for its season. This is from uh, MiamiStudent.net and Stella Powers. In Oxford, Ohio, the Haunt Area 13 has been forced to close down. Um, The head of the Building and Zoning Department, David Frere, said that the haunt was in an agricultural district that didn't allow commercial businesses. The haunt opened anyway, despite receiving warnings. Not warning, warnings. Yeah, multiple, Um, plural. (laughs) Yes. They had not had a fire inspection or a building inspection and were eventually hit with an injunction. Guys, don't do this shit. That's just dumb. A, it is completely dumb. Because, well, I understand the sadness of not being able to open. I do get that. A, doing this type of shit just means that city is never going to work with them. Yeah. And it may not work with any future haunts. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's just it. And, and, and you're not just burning the bridge for yourself. You may be burning the bridge for every other haunter ever who might want to open up legitimately in that area. Yeah. And that's just... that. Like I said, this, this shit really pisses me off because it's you're burning a bridge for the entire... And we're such a small industry, basically, that you're mm-hmm. burning a bridge for the entire industry. Yeah. If... if Next person who comes along and wants to open up a haunted house in Oxford, Ohio, is going to have to get rid of the stink of Area 13 before they can even begin to move forward with it. Right. And that's just, that's damn near impossible to do in a lot of cases. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if you're the, if I were the owner of Area 13, I would just, I'd, I'd say, look, you know, you're never going to be able to reopen Mm-mm. in Oxford. No. They're going to do everything. Because if they had to go all the way to getting an injunction to shut you down. Mm-hmm. And it's worth noting that they did not have either a fire inspection nor a building inspection. Right. So, you know all those inspections and certifications you need to open a professional on us? Yeah, they didn't. No. no. <laughs> they, just, they just fucking didn't. <clears throat> they had no inspections done, no certifications. Opened anyways. Got shut down, and I'm pretty sure if the owners of that want to open up again and want to, quote-unquote, do it right in the future, they're going to find pushback at every single level. In a town like this, that is legitimately a death sentence. Mm -hmm. Because, like, some bigger towns, you might be able to lobby or push your way through or just, you know, be in the system that's big enough that you can get through. Yeah. But here, where every business gets the full attention... Mm-hmm. All members of the city council, the planning and zoning committee, and all that. Yeah. Or they haven't. They haven't. They're small enough they can do that. Yeah, you're going to get told to fuck off at every interval because, you know, you you need the good favor of the town you're in to open because no matter how legit you think you do things, there's always something. If they don't want you there, they're going to find a reason for you not to be there. Mm-hmm. Basically, is what I'm getting at. And yeah. a good example is Ellie. Oh. They they obviously want Ellie's yarn store there. Mm-hmm. Because she finally got her fire inspection. It took yeah. you fucking ever. Been trying to get it. Uh, but she was allowed to open without it. But And even though there were a few minor issues that we are rectifying, mm-hmm. nothing to worry about. It's like fire extinguishers out of date and stuff like that. Yeah, I think they had just expired. They had, like literally just expired. They were not. They were still good when she had opened. It just, yeah. It's been almost a year. Yeah. Um, so minor stuff like that. We are rectifying them. But they gave her the, the certificate anyway and said, Godspeed. We'll just yeah. trust you to get it. Because they want her there and they're willing to help her out. Yeah. Well, and I know one of the reasons. Which is? Um, one of the fire chief's wives is a customer. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. and he do not want to go home and have to explain why they shut down the yarn store. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the difference. When, a, when, when your neighbors and your city government want you there, yeah. they will do anything they can to make it happen. If they don't want you there, they will stop at nothing to prevent it from happening. Exactly. Moving on. Oh, I'm next, aren't I? Mm-hmm. <coughs> Edge of Insanity in Kokomo, Indiana, which is really fucking with me right now. Yeah, I know. Because Kokomo doesn't exist, you assholes. It's just that's supposed to be the whole point of it. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I don't think this is what the Beach Boys were singing about Indiana. <laughs> I'm just going to take a guess. <laughs> um... Because they're nowhere near Aruba or Jamaica. Mm-mm. But anyways, the long-standing haunted house of Edinburgh will close after its 16th season. Um, this is a haunt that, by the description of this article, and this is an incredibly long article. We cannot do this article justice. Mm-hmm. So please definitely check out this article by James Bennett III mm-hmm. at the Kokomo Tribune. 
but yeah, um, basically it's from the sound of it, they started out as a home haunt and then sort of expanded into being a charity haunt. Mm-hmm. And over the past 16 years, they've raised more than $100,000 for various charities. Yeah, but they have announced they're closing after 16 seasons for a reason I'm pretty sure everyone listening to this podcast, relatively close to its release date, <laughs> will understand. And that is they're just tired. Yeah. They're exhausted. Yeah. Um, the haunt tells the story of a mental hospital where patients rebelled against cruel doctors. And then after the hospital closed, it was... A place for quote unquote hillbilly squatters. Yeah. Their terminology, not mine, for the record, there. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I did love the rules they had for the actors. As you talked about how the actors can't say get out. Yeah. Boo. I did see that. And it's like, man, I bet Japes is sitting there doing a little happy dance in his chair as he reads mm-hmm. this. Um, but yeah, they say that the years and years and years of work are catching up to them. They do plan to continue the annual Christmas party and try to keep some connection with the Haunt family going. But yeah, they are ending the Haunt after 16 seasons. And and I got to tell you, we're, we're 18 seasons in, we're 18 years mm-hmm. in. I understand. Yeah, it's a discussion every year. It's, a, it's been a discussion this year. Yeah. Uh, we've all, it's been a discussion this year for next year. Yeah. It, it it's it's rough and it does take its toll on you. I know I've I'm feeling worse for the wear than usual. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm just glad we're in a reasonably decent place. Yeah, me too. So yeah. Now can I take this one? Yeah. Because I I know I was out of order, but I'll let you have. Well, the, that's because you took the odds and left me the. I events. didn't mean I I well I shuffled it around at the last second and forgot who was who. <laughs> I know. Uh, but I want to take this one, and I'll give Crystal the last one, which is the happy one. Oh, yay. So Crystal will get the happy one. Everybody say yay. 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 But I wanted <laughs> to take this one, because I like to picture all of you, our dear listeners out there. Maybe you're alone, but maybe you're in a room with perhaps other haunters. Maybe you're listening to it while you're working on or building or doing something with your haunt. Mm-hmm. If so, and you have other haunters running, gather them around. <laughs> I want to play a game. We're going to play a game. Because I'm going to read you the headline to this article. And I'll go ahead and tell you it's by Jamie Ostroff at WCMH, just to get that out of the way. I'm going to read the headline, and I want you all in unison to say the name of the company it's about. Because I'm going to wager most of you can do it pretty easily. Are we ready, kids? All right. Pause if you need to. Here we go. Customers describe scary experiences ordering from this Columbus haunt business. (laughs) I'll give you a second to answer. Oh, what, you already did? <laughs> yes, they're talking about Scare Factory. Oh, man. This is wild to see this story get local media coverage, fairly significant local media coverage. Yeah, because the haunt industry has been talking about them for a while. You know, I remember, true story, when when we were at Transworld, mm-hmm. and I went and explored the floor by myself, and ended yeah. up in there um, uh, once on my own. I was actually at the Scare Factory booth. Mm-hmm. And I was looking up, and I was generally admiring one of the props, one of the flying props they had. They mm-hmm. had some huge shit there. And I remember someone came up beside me and said, man, that looks good, but I'm never ordering anything from these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say it, like, to me, but he said it loud enough that I'm pretty sure everyone around them heard it. I don't, yeah. You know, basically, so, yeah. But uh, they're reporting that multiple customers have had complaints about how they did not receive props they ordered or they received them significantly late. It's just story after story in this article about yeah. that. And they went to the attorney, local attorney general to complain. Yeah. 
Yeah, and there's and they said there's been five separate complaints with the attorney general. Those are just the ones that got escalated that far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's plenty of stories of missed deadlines and undelivered goods and low quality deliveries and everything else you can think of. But then came the part I didn't know. Yeah. This is the tea part. And I can't spill the tea because it's already on a public website. Exactly. So we're not spilling tea here, but redistributing the tea. No. Because basically, um, it's owned by David Falkman. Um, in 2022, he was delinquent of more than $65,000 in local taxes and 13000 in state taxes. And then in 2021, he pleaded guilty for failing to pay $540,000 in federal taxes. Jumping Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't have anything to follow that. Uh, it, well, I mean, he was sentenced to 16 months of home confinement. Mm-hmm. But here comes the, the real kicker. He received special permission to go to Trans World in 2022. Yeah. So not last year, not the previous Trans World, the one before. He was only there on special permission from the court to go to the conference. And this further proves what I've been saying all along. Nobody goes to jail for tax evasion because the IRS wants your fucking money, not your ass in prison. Mm -hmm. They have priorities. And so, yeah, of course they let him go to Transworld because that's where he makes most of his sales and may be able to pay some of those taxes he owes. Yeah, but I don't... I don't get it. No, I, I... I don't understand because this is such an egregious thing and there are so many complaints before they allowed him to go. Yeah. Like, it doesn't make sense for anybody for that yeah. to be the way that played out. It was worth noting that um, the, 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 uh, publish, the publication here did reach out to Scare Factory for comment. They did not hear back from them, so that much is predictable, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm like you... The reputation, the, like, I'm, I was still blown away by the props. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to pretend like I wasn't impressed by the setup they had at Dreams World. Yeah. You saw it, too. Yeah. It was a really good setup. Those props were really good. But everybody who knows anything mm-hmm. about buying haunt props knows the problems with... Scare Factory. With Scare Factory. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And, in fact, there was one of the stories they told was of someone who went to Trans World saw a prop they liked, mm-hmm. spent literally their entire savings on it. Yeah. And then didn't get the fucker. Yeah. Until after they went and visited Scare Factory physically. Yeah. Which I don't think me paying, if I pay $6,000 or $10,000 away for a prop, I'm not budgeting a trip to you know, Ohio mm-hmm. to, to threaten these guys in person. Um, you know, we don't know if the po- person was local, though. That's true. But still, I'm not doing that. No. But still, it's just a crazy story. I never thought Scare Factory, I would see Scare Factory mentioned in a main... It's been known in the haunt community for years. I never thought I'd see them in a mainstream media site. No, I didn't think we'd get a chance to report on it. Not on a news episode. No, the whole, one of the whole points of this is mainstream news. Yeah. If you can't find it with a quick Google, <laughs> yeah, you're probably not um, getting on. Yeah. All right. And finally... All right, this is a double hitter, because I found these stories back-to-back. They were published the same day. Yeah, we're linking to just one. (laughs) Yeah, so the one that we're linking to is the KSTU um, 
kptv.com article. Yeah, I don't know how that works either, but that's, yeah. it is and what it it's is. It's like the last one. Um, the city has ordered, uh, and this is Grantsville, Utah. The city ordered a Halloween display to be taken down because it was too risque for the neighborhood. Which was at least what the headline and people behind the display claimed. Right. And Christopher Fujishin. Yep. I'm hoping that's close. Fujishin. I guess. Uh, Fujishin? I don't know. My, anyways, moving on. Twitter, Christopher, we're sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, he put up a, a pole dancing skeleton on a city street sign, but was ordered to take it down. Yeah. City says it didn't care about the content, but it was about the use of the city property. And they mm. had been getting, you know, some complaints about it from the neighbors. But, and so he moved them off of the city property and into his front yard. He's made the display bigger and added more lights and more skeletons. And the neighbors have rallied around him and dropped off their decorations because they want him to continue yeah. um, making it more elaborate. And the, the quickest description is that it's a pole dancing skeleton with a bunch of skeletons sitting around with dollar bills. Yep. That's really about all it is. And the thing about it is they said, oh, it had nothing to do with the fact that it was quote unquote risque. It was the fact it was attached to city property. That may have been the law. Yeah. But laws like that get enforced very selectively. Mm-hmm. And... I I suspect the reason it got enforced here was because of the complaints because of the risqueness. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure of that. So anyways, uh, yeah, it ended up being quite a happy story. Moved it, made it bigger. And I've got to say, looking at the video, looking at the photos, yeah. I'm impressed with the skeleton work in this. So, no. I want to know how the fuck they got the skeleton on the pole in that position <laughs> and with that wig staying on. Yeah, the wig staying on is the... the skeleton's basically upside down. Yeah. Is the... I don't know how they did that. They must have used a lot of glue. I, I am fucking impressed with it. I genuinely admire the the, the, the the craftsmanship of this display. You know, you can argue whether it's in good taste or bad taste. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole thing in Haunter's Hangout right now about that, that we'll probably jump in on a later week. Um... But yeah, basically got kicked off the city property, put in his front yard, made it bigger, made it better, and all the neighbors started contributing new new decorations. Yeah. I love it. Yep. I just love it. It's a great story. It's a happy ending. Uh, something for us to celebrate. <laughs> oh, God, did I just say that? Yes. Yes, you did. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> all week was over. Jesus fucking Christ, it's been a long season. Yes. Anyway, um, that's all the news we have. We have a couple of minutes, but I don't think we have enough to go through any other... No, there's a lot of haunts doing things for charities that are really good. (coughs) Mm -hmm. There's a couple of mentions of some of our friends that were in articles and things. There was a really great Good Morning America bit about um, haunted house actors explaining how they scare you. Look that up. Check it out. I don't have much to add to it. Yeah. Um, There was also a Dallas Observer article interviewing Alan Hops. Yep. Um, So that one definitely worth checking out. In fact, that's all I've got to add to it. Hi, Alan. (laughs) There's your interview. That's that's wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely a lot of... There's been a lot of great articles about it, but the problem is, like, we kind of have to skip those because this haunt's turning 20. This haunt's raising money for such-and-such charity. Yeah. This haunt's doing it. And, and, and that's just it. We do so much 
And I know these news episodes, especially in season, can feel so negative because mm -hmm. the news that stands out from that background noise of haunts doing awesome shit is all the negative stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Which we do have to cover. Yeah. Um, but that means that some of this wonderful, happy stuff has to take backseat. Yeah. And you know what? Um, if it's slow next week, maybe we'll come back and pick a few of these up. Yeah. And because oftentimes November is a slow time for haunt news. Yeah. So if it is, we'll come back and pick some of these up. Mm -hmm. We got them in our show notes, so we know where they are and what's up. But yeah, there there is a lot of good news, I swear, yeah. on it. It's just that it, what stands out and what, frankly, gets the most attention when you search for haunted attraction news and haunted house news. Yeah, it's going to be the bad stuff. That's just unfortunate. That's the nature of news in general. It has nothing to do with us. No. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Haunts are still doing great things. Y'all are still doing amazing stuff. Uh, the shitheads are what make, <laughs> you know, the old edge, if it bleeds, it leads <laughs> type thing. Mm -hmm. It's still true, unfortunately. Well, on that note, everyone, thank you very much for joining us for the past hour. I have no idea what our next episode is going to be. What's up? I forgot about that story. What? The um, New York house that had the amazingly realistic <laughs> fire that the, got the fire department called. Yeah. But anyway. There's actually two stories about that. <laughs> One involving an apartment that had like a Yule log thing in it. Yeah. And the other, which was the actual decoration, yeah. Halloween decoration. So there's two kind of adjacent stories there about that. So yeah, maybe be mindful of using fire as a decorative element. Yeah. Just saying, you might want to be careful about that one. Your neighbors might think it's real. <coughs> so, yeah, be careful with that one. Okay. But on that note, everyone, thank you very, don't, thank you very much for joining us for the past hour and slogging through a rough week, a rough month of Haunted Attraction News. Y'all yeah. um, are doing great stuff. It's Trust me, uh, most of the news is good. It's just what peaks above the background noise, unfortunately, is the negative stuff, typically. Mm. But... If you want to check out more positive stuff, go on the places we are. HauntWeekly.com, HauntWeekly on Twitter, HauntWeekly on Facebook, YouTube.com slash HauntWeekly. We're on all the major podcast distribution platforms. Feel free to check us out. <sighs> but until next time, I'm Jonathan. I'm Crystal. And we'll see you all next week with God knows what. It's going to be the fucking Monday before Halloween. I have no idea what we're going to talk about or do with it. No. We have made zero plans. Just, just expect a train wreck. Yeah. Set your expectations at train wreck height now, and we'll see you then. <laughs>